you so much for joining us today on episode number 170 of the Real Life Runners podcast. We all know that running is about more than just running. So today we're talking to Danielle Taylor, who is the executive director of the Girls Gotta Run Foundation, who helps girls and women in Ethiopia through running, education, and entrepreneurship to help empower them to live a better life. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Okay, so like I said in the intro, we all know that running is about more than just running. Those of us that are runners understand what it can do for us in our personal lives as well. Running gives us this sense of empowerment. It can help to challenge us to become more and do more in other areas of our life besides just our running. And that's one of the whole reasons we started this podcast because we wanted to help runners to see that the running, the lessons that we learn from running can carry over into the rest of our lives and can help us to become more powerful, more resilient, stronger individuals that show up better in our daily lives as people, as parents, as spouses, as friends, as sons or daughters, whatever it might be, running can help teach us those lessons that we need. And so that's why when I found the Girls Gotta Run Foundation, I just thought it was such a great organization. So I was scrolling on social media one day and one of the professional runners, Molly Huddle, that I follow, she was talking about the Girls Gotta Run Foundation. So I checked them out because I've always wanted to do more with our running, with our company, with our coaching to try to become more philanthropic. And even though we're a small organization right now, it's still very important for me that we use our running to help other people and create more goodness in this world. So that's why we created our virtual race that we have coming up on New Year's weekend, okay? We wanted to not only empower you as as a runner to help you to set a goal and have a plan and train for it and then accomplish something great either at the end of this year or right at the beginning of next year, but we also wanted to use our running to help empower other people, right? To help use our running for more good in the world. So if you haven't signed up yet, head over to realliferunners.com forward slash race, because that is the virtual race series that we have set up. You'll be supporting the podcast and you'll also be supporting the Girls Gotta Run Foundation because we will be donating a portion of all the proceeds to Girls Gotta Run. And then there's also an area where you can uh, make an additional donation if you'd like to. And 100% of all additional donations goes straight to to the foundation. So today I wanted to talk to Danielle Taylor so that we could understand a little bit more about why this foundation is so important. I want to let everyone know about the work that they're doing and how running is really the central core of how they're able to really affect an entire community of people in Ethiopia. And it's truly amazing what they're doing. And I think that sometimes we Westerners, either, you know, a lot of our listener bases in the United States or the UK or in Australia, sometimes I think we forget some of the struggles and challenges that people in other parts of the world are still going through to this very day. I know it was very eye-opening for me when I started to look into this organization and see the work that they're doing. Um, And so please enjoy this episode. It was a fantastic conversation with Danielle. And it's not just about 
you know, raising money. It's not just about talking about this organization. In today's episode, we talk a lot about running in general and what that does for us and why we have a responsibility to use our selves and our lives to help create more goodness in the world. So let's, uh, that's enough intro for now. And let's get to that episode with Danielle Taylor. All right. So we are here today with Danielle Taylor, who is the executive director of the Girls Gotta Run Foundation. We are so excited to talk to you today a little bit more about Girls Gotta Run to understand what this organization is, um, what you stand for, who you help, and how we can help, and why it's so important that we do get involved in this. So, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today on the Real Life Runners podcast. We're really excited to have you. Um, can we start off by just telling us a little bit more about Girls Gotta Run? So, kind of when it was founded, its background, its mission. Um, let's start there. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak with you and your audience today. Um, it's a real pleasure. Um, I'm very excited to be speaking to you on behalf of this organization that is so near and dear to my heart as someone who has invested the entirety of my career in pursuing human rights and ensuring that uh, women and girls have the protections and the opportunities that they uh, deserve and are entitled to, to live lives of dignity, to live lives in which they can contribute to the global community. Um, Girls Gotta Run was founded way back in 2006 um, by a, a women's studies professor. Her name is Dr. Patricia Ortman. And uh, she had a very uh, noble mission to support girls in Ethiopia who were pursuing uh, careers in running. So they were using running as a means to alleviate themselves from uh, poverty, as a means of pursuing opportunities um, broader than what their community was at the time able to provide them with. And so the organization has grown uh, substantially over the years. Uh, we have developed some signature programs that are very unique um, in the international space uh, because we're using running um, as a means by which to provide girls with a safe space to understand who they are, what their capacity is to lead, to serve as leaders in their community, um, and to contribute to the betterment of their lives, the lives of their families, and the lives of their communities. Yeah, so, that's, that's amazing. That's so important. I Just one quick question that I had was, do you know why she chose Ethiopia and the the avenue of running to to you know start this organization that's a great question. She actually started this because uh, she was inspired by an article that she read in the Washington Post that described how these women and girls were training to become professional athletes and were increasing their opportunities uh, in life. So um, her original vision was, okay, they are doing this on their own. They're out here saying, I'm not going to accept a life um, that is substandard. I am going to um, pursue this cause with, you know, all of my energy, all of my heart. And she wanted to be a part of that. So I, I, I'm really inspired by her, her insight. And I think it really speaks to um, what we can do with just a simple idea, just a spark of inspiration, you know, and like I said, this came from just the Washington Post article. I love that. And, and, you know, it's, it's really proof that one person can make a difference, right? Like she Absolutely. just she read an article and she's like, Hey, you know what? I, I would like to help these people. And I also think it's extremely important to, um, you know, that she used an avenue that they were already going down, right? Like she exactly. already, it wasn't like she just came in and was like, Hey, I have a great idea. You should all start running. It was like, no, these people are already doing this. How can I support them in that? 
I think you make such an excellent, excellent insight here because a lot of times what you see in, um, you know, international aid organizations is this belief that from where I'm sitting, I'm doing everything right. And if you just follow my example, you can do, you know, well, also you can succeed also. And it's just, uh, it's not grounded in reality. You know, even if we look here in the United States, um, you know, programs that work in a community in Georgia are going to be very different from uh, programs that uh, support communities in LA, let's just say as an example. Um, And so what I, what I was really drawn to in this organization was the fact that they're not, you know, parachuting in from the outside and have with prescriptions saying this is how you need to live your life. They have invested so much in understanding the communities, being a part of those communities, and really letting them um, be the drivers of all of our programs. Uh, so this is not something that has been just developed by outside experts. This is something that has been uh, developed in consultation with communities, in consultation with the girls themselves Mm -hmm. to explore what is it that you want and how are you already working to achieve that? And how can we buttress your, your efforts? Mm -hmm. That's, that's so huge and so important. It's, you know, it's that whole idea of saviorism, right? Like trying to Mm -hmm. not be like, we're the saviors that know everything, like you said, and are coming to save the day. We're here to, work and how can we empower you more? How can we support you and give you the resources that you need? Um, And then talking and learning from them, from the communities themselves. I think that is so, so important here. Um, So tell us a little bit more about the mission of Girls Gotta Run and and why this foundation is so important. I mean, you you already, you started to mention already um, gender equality and trying to empower the girls and the women. Why the girls and the women? Why is that something that Girls Gotta Run really honed in on here? In the space of international development, it is clearly understood that investing in girls is the most powerful investment that can be made for development. Um, you, you see that uh, fact reiterated at every level from the United Nations to governmental bodies to nonprofit organizations like ourselves. Um, it's just really clear that when you invest in a girl, they are thereby able to invest in their community. So there are some statistics that um, I like to draw on when I'm having these conversations. So if every girl around the world received 12 years of a quality education, they could add up to $30 trillion to the global economy. Wow. $30 trillion. I mean, if we are just taking the time to say that this is not about taking away opportunities from men or boys. Um, It's about just shifting our focus so that we're leveling the playing field so that everyone can contribute because at the end of the day, that's going to be to the benefit of everyone. So, and it's not just to the benefit of communities in Ethiopia, but when we have a strong um, economy in Ethiopia, we in in the U S or in uh, Europe or in South America or Africa, everyone is able to benefit from that because now we have stronger trade agreements. We have more opportunities to invest in different business opportunities. So it's just a win for everyone. Yeah, I think that that's huge because a lot of times I think people, and I've heard this from people, um, even within my own circle of why should we help people that are so far away from us? We have enough problems here in the United States. Shouldn't we focus our time and our efforts here, right? But I think that so much of um, our culture today are just the, the, the times that we're in is 
it's not so much just the United States anymore, right? We're, we're a global economy. We're a global, um, we have to think globally. Like the internet has broken so many of those barriers down. International travel has broken so many of those barriers down. Um, And I think that it's more of looking at humankind, right? Mm -hmm. Helping out humankind um, versus just Americans or Ethiopians or those kinds of things. Because like you said, when you strengthen one group, it can lead to empowering more people and the benefits that kind of spill over there. And I love what you say about um, empowering girls. So the way that I'm, I'm hearing this from you, it's, it's not about obviously um, not giving boys or men the power. It's that they have already had this power for a long time. And we're just trying to give girls and women the power to kind of level up so that they are on an equal playing field. That's it. That's exactly it. Um, you know, just giving them the opportunities to contribute um, because we're really wasting that resource, right? Women and girls can provide um, a tremendous boost, not only to our economy, but to our infrastructure in, in different ways, to, you know, our cultural development and expansion, um, to our communications. But we're just, it's like leaving money on the table. You're saying that I know that this person can contribute, but for whatever reason, I'm deciding I'm not going to allow them to help me. Right. Why would you do that? Yeah, we've got good ideas too, right? We girls have <laughs> lots of really great ideas. Um, what is what is the culture like in Ethiopia as far as the status of women and girls? So unfortunately, we do see a lot of the um, the same challenges in terms of gender equality that we witness in other parts of the world, even right here in the United States. You know, women are not really given um, a space in the formal economy to contribute, to build wealth for themselves and their families. Um, we're seeing girls not able to access secondary education. Um, there's a, a, a very alarming statistic that shows that um, although there is a very high percentage of girls who are able to enter primary education, in in Ethiopia, only 50% are able to make the transition into secondary school. And that's really where Girls Gotta Run steps in. We try to target these girls when they're most vulnerable to dropping out and being subjected to some harmful social norms, um, such as early child marriage, genital cutting, um, you know, being forced into um, domestic labor uh, that is not really contributing to the overall uh, economic status of the family. So I I do think that we're seeing challenges in terms of the ways in which women and girls are are honored, are protected, are um, provided for in the country. Um, Like I said, similar to other parts of the world, but we are seeing some really great work being made to, um, to challenge that and to say that this is a new day and we can do things differently. Yeah, I mean, you say that it's similar to other parts of the world, but when then when I hear you mention child marriages and genital cutting, like those are things that we have no idea about. Like mm-hmm. here in the United States, you know, thank God, um, we don't have to deal with those kinds of things because there are those protections in place. And you know, people would argue that there are different cults and sects and you know um, different things like that where things like that may still occur. Um, but on the whole, here in the United States, we don't have to. So I, I would say that, I mean, that in and of itself, I think is very eye opening, because we don't realize that these things are still happening in Mm -hmm. modern day cultures. Like we think of these things as way back, you know, in ancient times, like this happened, but no, this is still happening in places around the world. 
Um, and I think it's important to consider why they're still happening, right? Like, it, it, I think sometimes when we consider um, instances of child marriage or genital cutting, it's, you know, seen as monstrous. Like, why would you do this to a child? Yeah. Um, but we haven't stepped back to consider, well, you know, if these girls are not given the protections they need to safely make the journey from home to school, um, that they could be vulnerable to attack, that they're not, they, the families don't have the economic resources to continue to contribute to their education after primary school, there are other ways that we um, try to instill safety in their lives and a social safety net in their lives. And so if culturally that means, you know, ensuring that they are seen as, you know, clean and eligible for marriage and, you know, protected by the institution of marriage, um, I think... I'm not justifying, you know, I'm not saying that that it's good to put these girls in these situations, but I'm saying we need to examine the larger structures, the larger systems and norms that are in place that make these girls vulnerable and that result in these convoluted, harmful, um, in their own ways, um, you know, ideas around how to keep them safe and how to keep them um, living a, a dignified life in that community. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Now, is that something that Girls Gotta Run also is a part of, is trying to examine like the the culture as a whole and, and work there? Or because, you know, I, I sometimes I think that it gets to be so big right because you're right like these girls have have issues right and where you're the foundation is addressing those issues by providing you know um, resources for education and um, the running programs and, and these kinds of things but then like you said so much of that is a cause of the, the system the greater system mm -hmm. at large so then when you start looking at that it's like holy moly like that seems insurmountable sometimes, right? Like, how are we going to chip away? How are we going to make any sort of change within such a, a larger system? Um, mm -hmm. So is, is Girls Gotta Run involved in that anyhow? And, and if so, how? Yeah, definitely. I think that our programs are comprehensive. They're, they're so multifaceted that they do address some of those um, larger cultural issues or larger systemic issues that prevent girls from living um, safe, healthy lives. Um, so just as an example, one of our programs is called a life skills classes. And so these are times that are, are specially carved out to provide a safe space for girls to talk about issues that are impacting them, to understand understand what are safe relationships? You know, what does it mean to be respected? What does it mean to, um, to have respect for myself and, and my body and, and what my body is capable of doing? Um, you know, I think that that in itself is, a, is demonstrating to the community that it's important to invest in these spaces and to have these difficult conversations that may not be the cultural norm. Um, I think that by uh, our savings group, our mother savings group is another great example. Um, so every girl who participates in our program is also, her mother is also a participant in the program. So we invest in them as small business leaders, as entrepreneurs, to help them um, learn how to conduct business, teach them some fundamental um, business principles, um, and to give them the capital that they need to invest in their um, businesses to grow them, and to also develop a system whereby they can support another woman in her entrepreneurial endeavors. And by doing that, they're enriching 
enriching the the income, the, the ability to generate income in those families. When those families have that income, they're now able to invest in continued education for their daughters. So it's a ripple effect that we're seeing. Our programs may have one particular, you know, um, activity at its heart, but the ripple effect from that is, uh, is you know, is just significant. Absolutely. I think that's the beautiful thing of like all these kinds of programs is that ripple effect. Like you never know who you could be affecting. And, you know, when you just change the life of one person, right? Like a lot of people say one person can't make a difference, but in fact, one person can make a huge difference and one idea can make a huge difference. Right. Um, So I think like going back to what you said about secondary school and how um, only 50% of those girls end up are able to go from primary school to secondary school. What's considered secondary school? Like what ages are we talking about here? So we're looking roughly um, at after grade five. So the the age is going to vary a little bit based upon what time they started um, and, you know, how long it took them to get to that point. Mm -hmm. But roughly we're looking about grade five and beyond. So Mm -hmm. how are we getting them into middle school? How are we getting them into high school? And and eventually how do we support them into uh, the university setting? Mm -hmm. Oh, that, yeah, that's even great. Even, even bigger. Um, So how, how are the girls chosen to, to participate in the programs that you offer? Yeah, um, so we actually target the girls when they are, like I said earlier, most vulnerable to dropping out. Um, So these are girls who have set an intention that they do want to pursue further education. Um, These are girls who have um, the support system at home. um, So um, um, at least a mother um, who is able to um, support this and be a part of the mission because the girls themselves are not uh, singularly involved in the program um, because we don't want to just invest in the girl. We want to make sure that there is a system of support um, that will sustain the progress that is being made in their lives. Um, each of the girls in our uh, program, their families are have a single income. So either it's a single mother household who is the sole income provider, or if there are two parents, it's the father who is the only um, income providing person in the household. So um, we're definitely looking at um, you know, there's so many people in the world who need help, right? And so we're trying to be intentional and strategic about, um, you know, who we can include, who we have the resources at this time to support um, and really target those who are most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So is there an application process that they have to go through? There is a vetting process, um, and our programs are really highly sought after in the communities where we work. Um, of course, we're limited in, in terms of our resources, how far we can extend the support, but there is a vetting process, an application process, an interview process um, that we go through to select the girls to help them be set up for success in our program. Okay, that's great. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the programs that Girls Gotta Run provides? Like, you know, when, like we're runners, right? Right. So the people here, we're the Real Life Runners podcast. So we've, it's, you know, we have a love for running. Um, and so that's one of the things that attracted me to your organization. Um, so how, like, what kind of running programs does, does Girls Gotta Run um, provide? And, and then also the other programs that you were mentioning as well as like the, the education and those kinds of things. 
Sure. So our athletic scholarship program is really all encompassing. So it provides four key areas of support and I'll kind of go through each of those with you. So the first, of course, is education, because that is our main goal. Um, running is the means by which we help secure um, sustainable education for girls in our program. And I think that sometimes when we consider school, we think about the fundamentals. Do you have uniforms? Do you have your school fees? Do you have, you know, notebooks and pencils? And yes, we do provide those things, but we also provide a healthcare subsidy because if you're unwell, how can you focus in school? How can you be successful in school? Um, so we want to make sure that they are provided for in that way. Um, we also provide hot lunches every day at school as well as clean water. And for some of the girls in our program, that may be the only meal that they get that day. Um, we also provide support in terms of hygiene. So sanitary products, soap, um, space, you know, a safe space to um, safe so that girls can safely wash their clothes um, and, you know, and wash, you know, provide space for them to have um, these clean hygiene facilities. So I, I think, you know, um, what I love about our education component of our program is that it's all encompassing. It's really addressing you know, a multitude of ways in which girls need to be supported so that they can be successful in school. That's huge. And then in terms of athletics, of course, um, the girls are participating in um, a, a special girls only uh, running group. So these run clubs are available for girls to, you know, to exercise, to, um, to have that space with their coach to really explore how far they can push themselves and, and derive lessons from that. Um, I think you could probably attest better than I could uh, to the ways in which running, you know, strengthens your character, it strengthens your resiliency, it, it, it you know, teaches you how to push past, you know, the challenges in life, the hurdles that you may face and keep going. Um, so in our athletic uh, program, each girl is provided with a full running kit, two pairs of running shoes, training gear, um, and then entrance and transportation to Ethiopian races throughout the year. That's great. Is, is running, um, is that like a re required that they participate in the running club as well? It is. It, it is yeah. a requirement. Um, but and, and I, I say it's a requirement, but it's also something that these girls really look forward to, um, particularly in this community of Bakoji that has produced, uh, um, you know, an astonishing number of Olympic um, athletes. I think mm -hmm. they have 16 medals accredited to this one small farming, you know, village in Ethiopia. Um, and what I think is so beautiful about running is that it's the great equalizer in Ethiopia. Um, this is not something that's seen as, um, you know, a male-dominated sport. Um, there have been very successful um, athletes from Ethiopia competing at the global level mm -hmm. um, and winning, <laughs> you know, like yes. really breaking barriers, um, breaking world records, mm -hmm. um, and showing what women are capable of doing. So um, I, I think it's just so, um, it's so clever. It's so um, insightful. It shows such a, a deep appreciation for the culture of Ethiopia um, and, and how this sport can be used to elevate, you know, opportunities for these girls. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, running is actually the national sport of Ethiopia, isn't that right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I 
completely agree. You know, and, and we talk about that all the time here on the podcast of how, about how running empowers us to be better human beings, right? How mm-hmm. it empowers us. It teaches us the discipline, the commitment, the um, how to overcome the obstacles and the challenges and how we can take those lessons from running and apply them to all those other areas of our life, which is so important. And so I, I definitely know that those girls in Ethiopia are getting those same kinds of lessons when they can break through the barriers barriers and, you know, be faster than the boys or, you know, like, cause <laughs> you know, that's a, um, a great promotional video that you guys have on your website too. So for any of our listeners that, um, haven't gone over to the website yet, we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, so you can see there's some, some really cool information and videos, um, uh, about the running club and the programs that, uh, you know, and girls got to run over on the website there. So, um, okay. So anything else about the programs that you provide? Well, we did also, um, you know, kind of earlier speak to the mother's savings group and the life skill classes. So Mm -hmm. those are just the other two components that build out um, the full athletic scholarship program. Awesome. Awesome. So I think we've already started to touch on this a little bit, but um, just to kind of hit, hit home with this is like, why is it so important for us as runners to support this foundation? You know, runners have really been the backbone of um, the Girls Gotta Run community since we were founded. Um, It is runners who have been the biggest champions, the biggest advocates, the biggest ambassadors, the ones who are really out there, you know, fundraising, who are spreading the word about how running is being used to um, protect and and, and, um, provide opportunities to girls in very vulnerable situations. Um, And so I'm really grateful to our, our audience of uh, our community around the world from the UK to France, you know, all across the United States. Um, We're just seeing some really um, powerful people who are saying we stand with these girls, that Mm -hmm. they are not, they're not doing this, you know, on their own, that we are here to support them because we want them to be successful in life. And that, that's just, I can't say thank you enough to them for that. Yeah, I I agree. And, And that's how I found out about your organization was through some of the professional runners that I follow in social media that, you know, we're supporting that we're posting about the foundation. So again, this is just, you know, a couple people, a couple runners that are making a difference that then connected me to you. And then hopefully we're going to connect more of our audience to the foundation. And then who knows what that ripple effect might be, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's really the goal here is, is to, use our running for good in the world. You know, we, we've been talking to our audience about that a lot with the virtual race that we have set up. Um, and, and we do have this virtual race set up to benefit the Girls Gotta Run Foundation. And we're doing, we're doing great. We are um, raising money and hopefully using our running for good, right? Because our running is something that can definitely empower ourselves. And I think that as runners, I think that we have the responsibility to help bring others into that, right? If running is something that gives you benefits in your life, which pretty much every runner, I think there's something that keeps us running, right? Because it's, it's kind of crazy to just go out and run miles and miles and miles at a time, <laughs> right? So um, there's something that we're gaining from that. And I feel like it's our duty then to help bring others into that, to show them what's possible and to talk about it and to allow other people to experience those same benefits. And that includes people in Ethiopia that 
that don't have, you know, a running shoe store on the corner where they can just go mm-hmm. buy some running shoes and lace up and head out the door. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So as runners, I think that we do have that obligation to help other people along the way. And then hopefully, you know, I've been kind of saying, let's empower yourselves by committing to a goal and then also empower others by using, we're going to use this money to help other people to also live those more empowered lives. Right. Um, So this has been so awesome. So, you know, I think that it, it is important for us to help. So what else can we do? Okay. We've got Um, our real life runners race that we have signed up. And so for our audience, if you haven't signed up yet, you can go over to realliferunners.com forward slash race um, to sign up. Part of our, the proceeds from the registration will go to Girls Gotta Run. And there's also um, additional opportunities to just donate to Girls Gotta Run where 100% of all of the donations that we raise are all going to Girls Gotta Run. So um, please support us over there if you haven't yet. Um, And, other than that, Danielle, what else can we do to help? Because I know there's some some cool things that um, the Girls Gotta Run Foundation has coming up as well. Right. So most immediately, I would invite your audience to join us for our virtual holiday party coming up on December 12th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. You can go to our website to register for the event. And this is the time for everyone to um, take a moment to pause and reflect on just how much you are contributing to the lives of girls um, at a time when they are particularly vulnerable um, because of the COVID crisis. Um, They are we are at risk of seeing a generation of girls getting left behind in their educational pursuit um, because of the way that the world has slowed down to a halt in response to the global pandemic. So we want to have a little time to be a little bit lighter, to just celebrate and honor the great work that is being done for these girls. Um, I would also encourage your audience to check us out on social media um, at Girls Gotta Run across the various platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, And I would also encourage you guys to sign up to our newsletter um, we are we were planning to introduce a trip to Ethiopia because we had so many supporters wanting to um, come out to experience these you know world renowned uh, running locations to train to you know be a part of this global community of runners um, and of course, we had to postpone that trip because of um, the covid nineteen crisis mm-hmm. but we are looking at um, getting that the planning underway for that again um, hopefully in twenty twenty one Yeah. (laughs) So I would just encourage everyone, if you are interested in joining us in Ethiopia and seeing some of our programs and training with, you know, some of the best athletes uh, in the world to sign up for our newsletter so that you can be one of the first to know how you can participate in this trip. Fantastic. Um, And can we sign up? I'm guessing that we sign up for the newsletter on the website. uh, Girls got to run. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's got to be a box there that we can sign up for that newsletter. Um, so, and we will link to all of that in the show notes as well. So, um, if you guys are listening to this and you're out on a run right now, you don't have to worry about you know pulling up anything on your phone. You can just go back to the show notes um, when you get home, and we can have all those links um, available for you there. All right, so I think that we all have a very good idea about Girls Gotta Run now. So thank you so much for coming on 
and just shining the light in this area that I think is so important for us to know about, not only as runners, but also as human beings, you know, because really that's the goal. The, the goal is using running to make our lives better and then hopefully make the lives of others better. Because like you said, it's that ripple effect, right? Like when we take charge of our life through running, which a lot of, you know, we runners, that's what we do, right? We, we learn about ourselves through running. We become stronger both physically and mentally by pushing through those challenges. And then we are able to show up better for our family, for our friends, for our communities. We're more patient. We, um, you know, can hopefully start to understand things a little bit better. And um, I think that that's really the, the point of this episode is, is trying to open up our eyes to see that it's not just about us. It's about other people. And it's how our running can positively affect other people and the world at large. And um, Girls Gotta Run is a fantastic example of how other people are using running to achieve these goals, to empower girls, to empower women, to then empower communities, to then contribute to the world at large. So it really is a a perfect example of that ripple effect that we're talking about. So Danielle, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity that Real Life Runners has given our organization to, you know, just spread the, spread the word about what we're doing and hopefully increase our audience um, of supporters, of, you know, contributors, people who really want to be a part of the movement to make sure that um, girls everywhere are able to live a life of dignity, a life of purpose, um, a life of security. So um, just thank you to you, to the audience. We are so grateful for this chance. Absolutely. We're happy to be a part of it. So, so guys, if you have not signed up yet, head over to realliferunners.com forward slash race. Invite your friends, invite your family members, um, you know, go over to girlsgotterun.org and sign up and register for their holiday party and their newsletter over there. There's all sorts of ways that we can support this foundation. And don't just let it be you, you know, bring in your family members, bring in your friends, talk about this organization, talk about these, these kinds of issues with people. You know, I feel like the world is very polarized right now but we can all come together to do some good in the world. And I think this is one of the ways that we can do it. So Danielle, thanks again for your time. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks again, Danielle. Thank you everybody for listening and for spending this time with us. And thank you to all of those that have already signed up for our race. If you haven't yet, head over to realliferunners.com forward slash race. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 170. Now get out there and run your life.